This morning's message is titled, The Grace of God. There are two words that are used quite often in the Bible and in relation to God and his dealings with us. And they are the words mercy and grace. There is a difference between the two words, although they are quite similar in function. Mercy is when you don't get a punishment that you deserve to get. And grace is when you get something good when you don't deserve it. The words mercy and grace are linked, but are coming from different perspectives. Mercy is the absence of bad when it should happen. Grace is the presence of good when it shouldn't happen. For an example of mercy and grace, let's look at the Apostle Paul. Paul persecuted the church to the death in Jerusalem and started to pursue the fleeing Christians to Damascus. On the way, Jesus met him with a bright light from heaven and blinded him. But Paul repented and received salvation after Ananias preached to him and prayed for him. It's all in the book of Acts. Paul deserved to die because he had persecuted and killed the people of God. But God's mercy wiped all of that away when he repented and was saved. You could even say that Paul's blindness was the least that he deserved for his sin. But the mercy of the Lord removed his blindness after Ananias prayed for him. On top of that, it was the grace of God that despite the horrendous things that Paul had done to the church, Jesus still called him to be a minister of God to the Gentiles when he didn't deserve it. The Apostle Paul writes about this in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 3 verse 6 talking about the mystery that was not revealed to the Jews, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Paul was saying, I didn't deserve this. In fact, I am the least person that deserved to be called of God to minister to the Gentiles, to preach this mystery that was was held back from the Jews for for centuries. But God, in his mercy, but in his grace, gave this to Paul. Jesus calls us from all walks of life and different levels of wickedness and depravity. Through his mercy, he washes away all of our sins when we repent and get baptized in Jesus' name. Through his grace, he fills us with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the last step in salvation. And that gives us access to eternal life, also by the grace of God. It is the grace of God that we even have a way of salvation at all. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened or made alive who are dead in trespasses and sins wherein in time past ye walked according 
to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, there is a but, who is rich in mercy, his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, has made us alive together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. It's nothing more and nothing less than the grace of God. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's not anything that we deserve. For our sins we deserve to die a horrible and a painful death. But God made a way of salvation and given us a lot more on top of that. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. It's not just getting through by the skin of your teeth. But God does more abundantly above that. For by grace ye are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. It is the grace of God that we who are saved are on our way to heaven. And not only that, but very often the Lord blesses us greatly on this earth as we serve and follow him. I've heard many a story of somebody whose life was in ruins, addicted to drugs or alcohol, facing divorce, the loss of their house, the loss of their job, even considering suicide. Then in desperation at the last moment, they give their life to God. And God completely turns their life around. God frees them from their addictions, restores their broken marriage, gives them a better job than they had before, a better home, gives them a purpose in life, something to live for. And not only that, but God calls many of them to be ministers in the church as well. That is the awesome, the amazing, the powerful grace of God in our lives. Not only does he take away the consequences of sin, but he gives them a better life on top of it as well. Now, I'm in no way saying that we should expect to be rich or get rich because we're the king's kids. That's a complete misunderstanding of God's grace. The Bible talks about those who would be rich falling into a snare and that the love of money is the root of all evil. But God does quite often give abundant blessings into our lives, more than we need, because we don't serve a stingy God. God gives us what we need and often a lot more than what we need above that. You see, God has promised to provide all of our needs. That's a promise that's in the Bible. The book of Isaiah, chapter 41 and verse 17, says, When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar, the shitter tree, and the myrtle and the oil tree. 
I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine and the box tree together, that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord hath done this, and the Holy One of Israel hath created it. The poor and needy needed water to stay alive. But God was saying that He was going to provide rivers, fountains, pools, and springs for them. God was going to provide all that they needed and more, even to excess. Our God is a God that is able to abundantly bless us well beyond what we need. We have a God of limitless power. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They tore not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things itself of itself. Sufficient unto day unto the day is the evil thereof. Jesus was saying, I've got everything in control. I look after the sparrows. I look after the flowers. I look after the grass. I can look after you. It doesn't require a huge effort. It doesn't require panic. It doesn't require looking in a million different places. God has got everything in control. And Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 Says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul was talking about God supplying their needs because of their giving to support missions. Through the miraculous, and that is there is a principle behind that as well. But it also applies to when we walk for God as well. God will supply all of our needs. He has promised that in his word. Through the miraculous birth of Jesus, we have received grace. And the Word was made flesh in John chapter 1, verse 14, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of Him and cried, saying, This was He of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. And of his fullness have we have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The law was rigid and merciless to those who broke it. You were given instructions to follow, 
and there's always a consequence for not following those instructions, for breaking the law, and, and a lot of it was death. Because there were God's commandments, he expected them to be followed. But Jesus showed grace wherever he went. By grace, Jesus healed all of the people who came to him for healing, and even some who didn't. That is the grace of God in action. Jesus went to the lame man at the pool of Bethesda, and the lame man never actually asked Jesus to heal him. But Jesus healed him anyway. That's the grace of God. Jesus healed the ear of the servant of the high priest after Peter had cut it off. That's the grace of God. Jesus healed a woman that was bowed over and couldn't straighten her back without her asking. That is the grace of God. Romans chapter 5 and verse 14. It's talking about Adam and comparing Adam with Jesus. Saying, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come, talking about Jesus. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. We're talking about grace now. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification, making us right, making us righteous before God. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, talking about Adam, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Adam sinned way back in the beginning of time. And through that sin, sin has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. Adam's sin condemned us all to death. Because sin has been passed down from parent to child through all generations. But by the grace of God, a way of redemption was planned. And Jesus died on the cross to give us a way of salvation and eternal life at the very end. God's grace is powerful. God's grace is amazing. God's grace is nothing that we deserve. That's the definition of grace. But God has extended mercy and grace to us for all who need it. I wonder if you need grace in your life this morning. No, I'm not talking about anything that you deserve. But if you have a need in your life, a need for healing in your body, God's grace is just as powerful as it was back in Jesus' day. If you have a financial need, He can and will undertake for you. 